Hello and welcome to another episode of the House Life Podcast, where I talk about myself. Yeah, just myself. So, it has been a while since I did another episode after that one hour long episode, which I hope you guys have enjoyed. Um, That episode was just like a, I don't know, a short comeback. Uh, after my major exams and my major common tests that I have, after I completed those, uh, then I just wanted to do a long episode to catch up with whatever uh, I have not mentioned on the podcast. And, you know, there are, there are some, like, developments after that. But from then until now, it's mainly just been the same things and completing like assignments and more tests and stuff like that. But other than that, nothing else really happened, to be very honest. There's only one major thing that happened that I want to talk about on this podcast episode. So, let's dive straight into it. Let's move on to the first segment, House Life. So, life has been pretty hectic, I would say, the past few weeks. Mainly just because I had to uh, take a test, a driving theory test. And I actually had to uh, sign up for like practical lessons to prepare to get my uh, final practical test. So that whole journey, I will talk about it later on as a topic. But um, so far, life has been pretty uneventful because it's mainly just been like work, studies... Or not really work, but studies and my CCA. So I haven't really been able to go out much or experience much. But um, in terms of like life in general, it's been kind of improving because uh, I think um, the regulations, the COVID regulations have actually eased up a little bit for vaccinated individuals. And I am fully vaccinated. So it's kind of convenient for me to go out and eat outside instead of buying everything back. And yeah, that's basically about it. Like, this segment's going to be really short because there's really nothing happening in my life. But um, maybe let's just go into the driving uh, driving license stuff in this house life section. So basically, I have started on my journey to get my driving license. And the thing is, I actually want to kind of rush this a little bit. Like, I managed to get, like, a a basic theory test slot, which is, like, the first stage quite early on in the Singapore Singapore Safety Driving Center, SSDC, in Woodlands. So, after that stage, I will move on to simultaneously taking my final theory test and... Uh, preparing for my practical uh, driving test, uh, essentially. So, uh, the the theory test part, honestly, isn't too difficult. For my basic theory test, it was actually pretty simple. Uh, I will actually give you guys a recording of, like, a, a short little, I don't know, it's not really a vlog or what, but basically, I shared my whole experience from... Uh, live not really live but right after i uh, went to ssdc to register and right after i completed the test 
that's why like uh this episode is going to be a little long but it's just because of those audio recordings uh i didn't like vlog or what i just use like my voice recorder because uh i don't really there's no point in showing my face if i put it here it's like uh that's it lah there's no point in showing my face to the vlog or what but that was my experience. I will put in the audio recordings after probably uh, this after this house life segment. I'll just go straight into it. But before that, um, I actually have a lot of time in the next few months because it's going to be my holiday. So I'll mostly be focusing my driving lessons and hopefully I'll be able to complete it within the next two months so that I'm able to just quickly rush, rush, rush it out. And it all depends on my like driving instructor as well, even if I'm free all day. If my instructor is not free, then there's no point. Lah. There's really no point in trying to rush out because I just can't. Uh, if I'm not wrong, the instructor will tell you like when you can take the test, when you're able to... Uh, when, you, when the instructor thinks that you're able to take the test or you're ready to take the test. So, it's probably going to take at least one to two months. From what I've researched, people take two to three months. But I'm hoping to rush it out a little bit. Lah. That is my hope. And the lucky thing is, because usually in other, like, the more popular driving centers uh, in order is at the top, CDC, which is the Comfort Delgro Center or something like that, which is located in Ubi. The second... Most popular is uh, Bukit Batok Driving Center, which is located in Bukit Batok, I would assume. And the third one is SSDC. So I was actually lucky enough to get an early appointment slot. You have to go in. Okay, so I'll just go through the whole process. Okay, so from the start, you have to book an e-appointment. After you book an e-appointment, you have to go down to register as a private student and book your... Uh, basic theory test slot after you do that you will basically study it will mostly be about like a month a month or two not really a month or two okay for me ssdc the waiting time was about half or three weeks i think three weeks around there so if you went to other driving centers for example cdc the appointment itself you need to wait two months. Two months, yeah? Two months. For SSDC, I waited one week. So you see the difference? <laughs> it's a very, very big difference because um, I, I think it's just like... See, SSDC is a very, very ulu place. But the thing is, you should, you really, really should take your theory test there because you're only basically only, only going there three times. First time to register as a private student. Second time to take your basic theory test. And third time to take your final theory test. So if you take everything there, you can finish all your theory tests within like, let's say one, two month, one one to two months. Okay, around there, one to two months, and you don't have to worry about it anymore because you can fully focus on your practical lessons. You can fully focus on preparing for your practical driving test. So I don't have to, if I if I wanted to be a private student in CDC or BBDC. Uh, I think BBDC, you have to wait like one month to get an appointment, okay? CDC, two months. BBDC, one month. SSDC, one week. So, yeah, obviously, I chose SSDC. And I had to actually 
take my time to learn like the concepts f- from like the very basic stuff in for the the basic theory test and that one i went only managed to book a a test slot like about three weeks after i registered as i mentioned so the next part of after you finish the basic theory test you go into final theory test and that one i've already booked it which is uh from today's date, which is 15th of August, it will be on the 2nd of September. So I basically have around half a month to prepare it, lah, from today at least. So after that, while I'm doing this final theory test, I can simultaneously do my uh, practical driving lesson. And remember just now I said that the waiting time for the appointment is two months for CDC? Well, actually, while I was trying to book uh to to register as a private student i was considering like all the different uh, three different driving schools so as i was considering them i i just booked uh, an appointment for everything so i think if i'm not wrong sssdc one week later i booked it uh, bbdc one month later i booked it and cdc two months later i booked it so i've already completed my like theory by basic theory test in ssdc and I already booked my final theory test in SSDC as well. So now that it's one month later, and the next month is September, I actually managed to, like, I, I basically I didn't cancel my appointment. So it was helpful for me because I want to take my driving test, my practical driving test at CDC and not SSDC, because I think that it is actually easier to get an instructor for CDC as compared to SSDC because there's just a lot. And SSDC is so ulu. Like, it is basically in the Woodlands industrial area. So, a lot of places, there are no, like, traffic lights that you can follow. It's really to see, are there oncoming vehicles? Are there oncoming vehicles? And you wait and wait and wait. So, if you hear later on in the audio recording, I actually waited about 10 minutes just to cross the road just to cross one road that all of the like base the the, the, the learner learner drivers are driving at la. so i didn't want to go in front of them because there was no traffic light so the cars basically have priority la. it's not like a, a zebra crossing or what the cars have priority so i don't want to just go in front of the cars who are still learner like drivers and disrupt their lesson and then I don't know, it might cause like some danger to me as well la, and to them as well. So I basically just waited there for 10 minutes until like the path was almost clear. And honestly, that is like so, so annoying because I really, really like, I just want to go home or I just want to go to the, the, the SSDC and I have to wait for so long just to cross a road. Can, can you imagine if I am there driving it's going to be a nightmare. So I decided I'm not going to take SSDC. I will just take CDC, which is more in the central. And then I'll just find a good like practical test time slot that fits. Uh, like the, I think that when I researched online, there's like some specific time slot that's actually helpful because there will be lesser vehicles. Uh, I think the instructors would probably... Be, I don't know, like, it's like some strategy that they come up with. La, so I'll probably try to get that. But what I also want to talk about, uh, 
Okay, I think that is about it. Lah. There's really nothing else for me to talk about in the housewife section. So maybe now we can just listen to the audio recordings that I have recorded once after I registered and I'm going home. And the second time after I completed my test, I'm going home. So it's going to be a bit long. But yeah, let's just go into it. So I just completed my registration. And my test will be on the 4th of August at 6.45pm Same place also And yeah, I mean It's just time to practice and study I guess But uh, I'm excited, I'm excited I do kind of want to make sure that I'm able to get a private instructor first I think that's what they're worried about Not worried, but they're asking me quite a few times also So yeah and uh, I realized that walking from here to the nearest bus station is so fucking far away, legit. I guess it's better than waiting one month or two months, lah. So the thing about um, it's not it's not just about the waiting part of one or two months, you know, because that's the waiting just to register as a private student. It's not even like waiting for the test or waiting for like I don't know the actual like lessons or what like it's just waiting to register to book an appointment so it's a bit pointless for me lah honestly so yeah. the shittiest the shittiest longest fucking way ever this T junction has no traffic light has to really wait especially the pedestrians because there's no there's no right away for pedestrians it's not like a zebra crossing or some shit literally just four stop lines <laughs> I'm not ready for okay what what else shit I need to brush out my theory knowledge huh I've already learned so yeah honestly I don't I didn't really think that it would be kind of this easy thought there would be a bit more steps and to be fair the registration here is like for this first registration is twenty dollars and ten cents so pretty pretty okay just to take the test lah. The, there's no books, there's no like lessons included. Because I'm registering as a private student, I'm not in the private the, the driving school. So yeah, I look forward to it. So this is the second time that I'm coming back here to do my BTT test. And I basically got my results immediately. And I got 50 out of 50. Honestly, I think it's because like there weren't there basically weren't any hard questions. Like, as long as you know like the basic of basic concepts, keep to the left, uh, slow down, watch a pedestrian, let them cross and stuff like that. And I think it should be fine. I think really it should be fine. Like okay, the thing is my kryptonite is demerit points. How many demerit points for whatever like offense that you did? Yeah, and that that's like one of my kryptonite. Another kryptonite is uh how many how many months of suspension? One one first time, second time, third time, fourth time, fifth time. Like how many months of suspension? And it's not easy to remember because like, there's a lot of variables as well. And the demerit points part is the most annoying. Cause there's like 
a list of like maybe over 20 demerit point offenses and I have to remember all of it because like you know I, I use two um, BTT apps where they give you like test questions and you know, basically that helped me out like I think essentially all the questions that came out I've seen it before so I'm able to answer it so like that's good that's good and you know I actually got to I didn't have to redo any question you know the first try I read through everything I took like maybe about uh, 10 minutes 10 to 15 minutes then I basically I took about uh, another 15 minutes to try to like read through all the questions again no actually that's, that, that's not possible because when I left I basically only had 30, 30 minutes left 32 minutes left so I took 18 minutes and I I checked the answers longer than I did the questions and the thing is after I did the questions I didn't change any answers when I checked because I checked through again and make sure that it's correct now. and I didn't have to change any answers so I basically got it the first try so that's a good thing now I'm proud that I managed to do it because I really thought that I really thought that I might not have a chance to score well to pass the test because the question I see in some of the applications are like difficult they're really difficult so I have to see I have to see and thank god for me that it wasn't very difficult it was quite manageable so really honestly thank god for that because I don't know whether I would have survived if it wasn't this simple huh? But yes, that's my BTT experience. Um, the next step after BTT would be to get my provisional driving license. And that one, I think I have to apply online like uh, I think two hours. Two hours after I pass the test. So I'll apply online. The thing is I need to actually register for classes, for driving, my actual practical classes and I think I will take the private route because I do want to try and get my uh, driving license fast I don't want to like delay you know and of course private if I do it fast there is uh, lesser cost la. it's cheaper to do it faster through private in school there's usually like a rigid plan system so usually people will need to take like 18, 18 to 25, I think that's what they, they mentioned 18 to 25 lessons in order to actually uh, for the instructor to say okay you can go and take your test your driving test now so I think the private usually after maybe if you're fast after maybe 12 to 15 lessons you'll be able to go for tests so you'll be ready lah so I think that that's a pretty good thing for me, because I don't really want to commit too much time to this, I want to get it as, as soon as possible. Then I can, you know, get that, that two years of experience, and I can rent cheap cars. I basically, that's my plan. I don't really intend to buy a car, honestly. Definitely not within the next maybe 10 to 20 years, but we'll see. Lah. Uh, I'm not at that age, nor am I that rich, nor is my family that rich. So I'm not really able to afford that. 
But what I am able to afford is rent cars for maybe like a day. And the thing is, a lot of those rental companies, they will charge like a high, high, high fee if you don't have at least two years of experience or if you're not a minimum like, age. Usually the minimum age will be like 21 or 23 years old. And I'm 18. So uh, I think minimum, they want you to have at least two years of experience. That's like the general rental rates. If you don't have those experience, you're still a probationary driver. Basically, you are still, I think it's, it's like you're still using, uh, I think I just, I'm just i lost. Wait, I think I fucked up. I don't know where I am. I thought that this was where the freaking bus stop is, but I think I'm walking further and further away from the bus stop. But okay, anyway, let me just finish this first. So basically, the provisional, probational driver's license or provisional period basically is 12 months after you passed your uh, driving test and you get your driving license. Huh? So within that 12 months, you cannot uh, get more than 13 demerit points. And yeah, that's basically what you have to do. And the thing is, I want to like, just try law. I know that there are like rental rental companies out there that allow like, probational drivers, probation drivers. So uh, I'm looking at a rental service called Tribe Car now. It's basically like you drive from A, you rent it for a few hours, and then you drive back to A. So it's not like an A to B, B to A. It's like you, you start at one point, you end at one point after that few hours that you rent it for. So I think that it's, it's suitable for me if I want to just try out driving and just make sure that I don't lose my skills in the next one year if I don't even try to drive, right? Because B-plate ma, B-plate, basically B-plate is just like uh, a term that you call provisional drivers, provision drivers. But the thing is, I want to be able to rent cars cheap and B-plate, B-plate drivers, usually the rental rates are like high, okay? Usually it's around like 60, 60, 70, 80 dollars per day. That's for like more traditional rental cars. But some uh, rental companies, for example, like what I mentioned just now, Trap Car, they actually sell uh, hourly rates. So they have different types. Uh, they have standard, standard economy, they have sedans, economy, sedan economy, sedan, sorry, sedan economy, stuff like that. So there are different price types that you can choose from that has different hourly rates as well. So that's a good thing. Uh, I'm obviously going to choose like either the cheapest or the second cheapest one because I want to be able to have experience something. Lah. I, I don't want to spend so much money anyways and I don't want to spend too little. So I'll probably go like the second cheapest. And I feel that that's like a good experience for me, got a good start for me. Okay. But uh, of course the thing is you have to deposit $200. $200, you know, just to use truck car. Like, because I'm a pipette. But after I get, like, once I finish my probation period, they will refund $100. And then the other $100 is like, they, they keep it for you until you, uh, basically, until you terminate the account. Lah. So, yeah, that's, that's basically what you have to do. And um, I feel that I just want to try out, if I just want to try out driving, I'll probably just do that. Then rent maybe like once a month or something, just to, Make sure that I, I don't lose my skills in driving. But of course, 
I'm talking a, a bit like far ahead because I only just passed my basic theory test, the very, very first step of getting my license. And it's probably going to be take like a, a few months. So, I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited. That's why I'm looking forward to this. That's why I'm re researching all of this. And I really hope that I'll be able to get my driving license soon. But uh, I think that's about it. I have to go to Google Maps to find my way home because I'm completely lost in like some wood, um, Woodlands industrial place. I thought I was going the right way, but I think I was like going further and further away from like the correct place. So uh, yeah, that's basically about it. All right. I hope that you guys have enjoyed that. But basically, that's the whole my thought process like, and uh, my experience going to SSDC, taking the test, registering and whatnot. And yeah, I'm excited to go and take the final theory test uh, in about two weeks. So let's just hope for the best. I'm not like super duper confident, but I do have a lot of time to study now. So let's just hope for the best. All right. So let's just move on to the next segment, which is the random topics. So let's see. I actually have quite a lot of random topics that I have not covered yet. Although, I think the previous episode I actually covered quite a lot already. So it's not, I don't have like a lot of topics left, but I can start off. Um, okay, the next one is uh, a special incident that happened in, it's not really an incident, but it's just an event that happened back in my primary school. So... If I'm not wrong, it's my primary six. I was primary six. Basically, I have the same birthday as one of uh, my classmates. And it's... It, okay, so basically the whole... It's not like an idea or what, but basically the, the, the whole idea... The whole... what? How do I say this? We celebrate our birthday together at his house... Uh, but it's mainly his birthday. It's not really my birthday. Like, I'm just, I don't know, hopping onto it or some shit. Or I don't know whether I was supposed to be there because, like, it's his birthday. It's his house. It's his celebration. I really didn't, like, pay a single cent. So, yeah. So, I I'll just talk about that. I'll just talk about that. Okay, so, um, it was, it was really fun. Like, we had, like, a lot of fun at his condo. We played some games. Uh, I think some of them like swam or something. I can't really remember honestly, but basically, uh, he was pretty close to me. I hope I think, um, but we were we'll be like we're like frenemies like I would say last time. Uh, you know those primary school children squabbling. Yeah, that was us, and uh, I, I guess we were pretty close in like primary six, and. He had a birthday party and I think he invited me lah. So I was I have the same birthday as him. So it was it was like I don't know, is he inviting me to celebrate his birthday with him or celebrate our birthday together? But I'm I didn't like pay anything or what, so I, I feel like it wasn't really I I didn't really deserve it. But I, I do think that it was it was fun. I just feel like it's a bit... I feel like I'm intruding his birthday party, you know? Like, I, I wasn't supposed to be there. Although, um, 
their their parents were really nice, you know. Uh, I don't know whether we blew our candles together or what. I really don't remember the details of it, but I just remember that we celebrated our birthday together, and it was a little bit awkward, I guess, when we were like celebrating our birthday because it's just his birthday. Okay, that's the gist of it. I crashed someone's birthday on my birthday. Full stop. That's it. <laughs> that's literally the story they wanted to talk about. Um, yeah. Let's just move on to the next topic. I don't know why I included that. Okay, Among Us. Um, when I came up with this list of topics, Among Us was on like a, a straight decline. It was already probably like only half the people who used to play Among Us or like stream Among Us play it, and now it's probably like around one quarter of the people who used to to stream it. So. Basically, I wanted to talk about the the new map. It's not really new anymore. It's, it came out right. It came out like three three four months ago, I think. But basically, Among Us, if you don't know, is a game where you, um, either be an imposter or an innocent person. I think I don't really need to explain this, now, right? But basically, imposter kill people. Um, the innocent people find who's the imposter. That's basically it. But um, a lot of people basically quit the game after like a while because it either just it just declined in popularity. Uh, not a lot of people are talking about it anymore. And when the new map came out and the new like features, the 15 player lobbies came out, a lot of people are like, just saying like, uh, it's going to be very hectic because if, 10 pe- if it's already 10 people and no one is listening, no one is listening to each other, no one is really discussing anything. What What's going to happen when there's 15 people? You know, that's just, it's just a bit too much, I guess. But that's why streamers aren't really getting back, even though like, there's a new map, and there's new features and stuff. So I would think that it's not really, it's not really fit for our discussion at this point in time, because it's just so dead now. So that's my thoughts on it. Next topic. Uh Future Me. Okay, this is something that I really want to talk about. So Future Me is basically a website where you get to write a letter to yourself in the future. So it can be one day later, one week later, one month later, or like it's just like you can basically send yourself a letter on in the future any day you want. Okay, it's not like a specific set amount of time that you must send like you must send one year later or you must send one month later but what i did is actually i sent myself a, a letter i think i'm not sure when i don't know whether it's january or something but i sent myself a letter one year later and i've been doing constant monthly letters so every month i will write myself a letter and deliver it on the first of that month so First of let's say first of July, I read uh, last month. I read what I wrote last month, and then I send a letter for first of August. Then it just continues on and so forth, lah. But basically, it it just helps me to reflect. It's not like a diary that I have to constantly every single day contribute like my ideas and contribute what I feel and everything. It's just a monthly thing to check up on how I feel, see how much I have has changed whether i predicted my busyness accurately or not and most of the time i think i basically did predict my accuracy i mean my 
busyness quite accurately mainly because I just know that it's going to be very busy but other than that I just didn't really predict a lot of other stuff like my life stuff and yeah it's just it's it's it helps me to I don't know visualize my life a bit more it helps me to get a sense of um how much I've grown from one month ago and of course the the I would want to continue this like at least for the next few years so that I can see like okay from when I first started this letter thing you know what did I write how my life was like and it's like a uh a, a, not really a documentary but basically just like a log of what happened in my life and my thoughts and feelings like, without having to actually commit to writing it every single day because I feel like if I want to do something consistently I have to do something consistently I if I stop like it's gone I'm not gonna do it again that's that's just me lah because I I'm not too much of a habitual person so having this monthly thing forces me to write something to myself and really reflect on what has happened the past month and what I think will happen the next month stuff like that so yeah that's a, that's a fun thing I recommend you guys to check it out if you want to just search future me on Google and it should be the first uh, result. Next uh, topic, let's see. Paranormal. I feel like that's a bit too boring, but I'll just go into it for a little while. Um, I feel like ghosts and stuff, they, I don't think that they exist. Like, Previously, I thought that they exist because I thought that I saw something, but uh, I still couldn't explain what I saw. I guess I can tell you a, a ghost story. Uh, it happened to me firsthand. It's not like a like a recount from someone else, but it happened to me firsthand. I remember like the whole scene pretty vividly, lah. So, well, this is very fitting. Huh? It's like the Hungry Ghost Festival and telling these stories. So basically, I think it was around primary four, if I'm not wrong. So in primary school, I was in like the choir. So I did, uh, I was in charge of, not really in charge, but I was part of this NDP project. So I had to sing in front of the school uh, on National Day. La. And it's like a sing-along thing, I think. So basically, I we were preparing for it in a classroom. I still remember like the rough location of the classroom. It's like the second second last classroom very near the staircase and I'm looking towards like this hydroponic garden. If you are my primary school friend, remember like how it looks like. The hydroponic garden is like the level four. I think we were at like level three. So when you look through the window at the side, right, you can basically see right there. Lah. So while you we were practicing I basically was a little bit distracted. So I just look around. Then I look at the window on the right side. Then I see at the hydroponics farm area, there's like a broom. A broom, huh? This broom basically was floating. And it was moving left and right, up, down a little bit. But it was just hovering, essentially. And... I feel like there is a logical explanation for it, but I can't exactly find it. Maybe someone was like below it or something, but it was at like the the the, the ledge, you know? So maybe someone just was underneath it, 
lifting it up to clear something underneath the, the, the broom or something, but it just doesn't make sense. Uh, you use something else to clean the underneath of a broom. That Okay, don't, to be honest, that doesn't make sense, but that's the only possible ex- explanation that I found for myself. But basically, that broom was just hovering. And I was just like, what am I seeing? What is happening there? And after a while, after I, I was just like, okay, I think I'm like crazy or something. So I went back. Just continue practicing. I look back, and the broom is just like stationary. Just stood down. Like it, it initially was like elevated a bit, right? Now it just stood down. Like it went down a little bit, and then it just became stationary. So it's very random. I didn't see a ghost. I didn't see something like some apparition or some figure walking towards me or something. It's not as creepy as that, but a floating broom. That's basically it. That's my ghost story. Uh, honestly, it's not really a very interesting ghost story, but it's a ghost story. I can use this as a clickbait. Honestly, I saw a floating ghost. Honestly, this this would sound better than I saw a floating broom, right? So I saw a floating ghost. That's basically the end of my story. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's it for paranormal. I don't really believe in it. I think that this was, there's probably an explanation for it because if like the paranormal exists, why why are we why why is it not like more widely accepted, you know? Why is it still so why do people still doubt it if it doesn't exist and why is there no actual like real proof of it? I think if I experience it like legitly see something, some figure or some force in real life, then sure I can believe it. If I don't see it, then it doesn't exist, law. That's it, lah. Nothing I can say much about it. I can't say nothing much about it. I cannot say anything about it. That's right. Okay. <laughs> Next topic. Um, hobbies and interests. Uh, I don't really have a lot of hobbies. I guess. I mean, obviously, I like singing. That's why I'm in an acapella club. That's why I've been in choir for like ten years. Around there. That's probably an exaggeration, but around there, nine years probably is more accurate. But I like singing and other stuff. Okay, I'll just go through some stuff that maybe some people don't really know that I like. I think in the previous episode, I did talk about my interest for planes, like flight simulator stuff or like just, just planes in general. Lah. And that is one thing, but I think overall, I like the idea of... um. A, simul- a simulator to experience what you can't really experience physically in real life, I guess. So, I like to play driving simulators. I like to play flight simulators. I think last time I had a phase of like liking farming simulator, you know. Uh, uh, it exists, okay, and there's quite a lot of people who play it. Then, I think last time, uh, there's, just, there's just a lot of simulators that you can try out. It's just like uh, I think in when I used to play Roblox. I mean, I still do play Roblox, but it's just for this one flight simulator game. All right, uh, it's not a childish game. Please don't come at me. But uh, in Roblox, last time there's like this kind of game where they try to simulate GTA, but it's just it's just so fake. By the way, it's just so fake. Like it looks nothing like GTA. When I bought GTA, oh, I tell you, my mind was like open. Like GTA looks so good. And I just don't regret buying it at all until like I'm bored of it after I play play it for like 
I don't know, I don't know, 100, 200 hours. But it was really fun. I love GTA. I love the graphics. I love, I love like the whole simulation. And I mean, GTA, GTA is kind of like a simulation, simulator. I don't know what you call it, but basically, you like, you live someone else's life. Maybe I'm just not happy with my life. And I just want to live someone else's life from like the start of my life. I don't know. Very grim thinking, but um, basically, I'm into simulation stuff. I'm into driving stuff. That's why I'm so excited to get my driving license. And I'm into... Yeah, that's basically it. That's my hobby. Um, singing, driving, virtually, and flying virtually. But I hope I can drive physically soon. Although I'm really scared. I'm really terrified. Because I, 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 I don't want to crash into people. I don't have a car. I'm probably going to rent a car like just for like an hour or two just to play with it. <laughs> and uh, if I want to go out, if there's like some kind of event or some shit that I need to drive in, yeah, I'll, I'll take it. I'll just rent it for a day. Uh, I've already researched a lot into it. So I think if you heard in the audio recording, I already shared some stuff about it. So that's basically it. Okay. I don't really have other interests, but relating to the next topic, which is watches, that's not really an interest or that's not really a hobby or what. I'm not like a watch enthusiast or a watch collector, but I do like to collect watches. Not really collect, but I do like to use watches that I feel is functionally appropriate for me. I don't really want to get a smart watch, like a fully touchscreen functional smart watch because I feel like that's not really very helpful to me because I don't want to charge every day. I don't want to charge my smartwatch every day. I don't want to have to keep on feeling this hotness in my watch because my watch is overheating. And I don't want to have to like deal with a bulky watch. And I feel like from what I've from what I've bought, from the watches I've bought, okay. The first watch that I bought um was from a company that I worked for as part-time. It's like my first part-time job. It is in Fossil. So I bought my first watch there. It was a Fossil Hybrid. Uh, but it's not like the Hybrid HR, which is the Hybrid Functionality. And that's the second watch that I, watch, second watch that I bought. So the first watch is basically um, this normal hybrid watch. It doesn't have like a screen. It's just a normal analog watch. But it has smart features. For example, uh, there's a feature for you to, like, when you get a notification, you can assign, like, let's say, uh, if the both watch hands go to 12, it means that it's from a certain application. If it goes to 1, it's from a certain application. 2 goes to a certain application, or someone's calling you or something. So, there's, like, different... That, that To me, that is more helpful than a normal watch, but it's not so over... How to say it's not like a, a touchscreen smartwatch where I'm going to look at it, read a message, and then I still have to go to the phone to reply it. Because I really don't want... I, I feel like it's so pointless to reply messages on your small watch. Like, what's the point? You type, 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 eh? Type wrongly. Delete, 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 eh? I press space, but I press enter. Oh, no. So it's like, it's like so pointless. To me, it's really very pointless to try and type on a watch. So I don't really need that functionality. I don't... I don't want a normal touchscreen smartwatch. That is why I invested a little 
to uh, buy this hybrid HR. So this HR version has obviously heart rate functionality and I'm able to use it as like uh, to do read notifications. See, this is not a touchscreen watch, but it has an e-ink display. It is the same kind of display that you'll find in like those Kindle e-readers, but it's on a watch. So this thing has like one week battery life. Meets my condition of I don't want to charge every day. And it's able to track my heart rate, which is something that I really find like really cool. Although like I don't want, I don't want to wear something that is not really nice. Like I don't want to wear like those kind of Fitbit shit. Honestly, to me, Fitbit looks kind of ugly. It looks like what those auntie uncle will wear to get those HPB points, you know. So not for me, not for me. But the hybrid HR looks really nice. I mean, all fossil watches look really nice, lah. And it has the functionalities that I need. Uh, sleep tracking, you can track your heart rate, you can track like how far you've gone based on like just connected GPS or so it connects to your phone. And you'll track like your walk, your workouts, whether uh, you walk in a certain route or something. So you can see it on the watch itself. And it's just really cool like to use the e-ink display, which doesn't use a lot of battery. And there's still so much functionality I need. I am able to read notifications, although I can't send out messages. I don't want to send out messages. So I just have to use this to actually get my messages, to, to read my messages. And then I'll go to my phone and text back if it's necessary. That's it. I don't need any other features. I think that this is good enough for me. However, I recently refunded it. Because... I had to go back to the service center two times. And both times, it's the exact same problem. When I use it after I use it for like maybe one month, one month plus, the LCD screen, or like that, that basically the e-ink screen will fade. It will just have like lots of, lots of dots inside, white dots. And basically, like it doesn't really, like it's not fully black when it's supposed to be fully black. It's not fully one color. It's not like, uh, like a proper screen anymore. So it's like the 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 ink stuff is like faded. So the first time, like after I wore it, maybe like two three months, I realized, hey, it's slowly like getting like, there's this stuff popping out. Like it's very grainy now. So I was like, oh okay, maybe I I'll just bring it to the service center and see whether it's covered under my warranty or not. So sure enough, it's a problem. I think they have other people that went through this problem already. And thank God it's under my warranty. Lah. So I gave it I gave it my watch. They basically tried to repair or some shit and realized, oh yeah, this this is the problem. So they gave me a new replacement watch. So the replacement watch actually uh it it looked really like good at the very start like everything was perfect it was fully black there's no sign no traces of like any imperfection in that new watch and i basically on the spot i asked so what was the problem of the watch and they just told me oh yeah the, the, the lcd screen faded you know it's just like a module problem so i was like okay so maybe it's just that particular watch has some problem a particular series or maybe some from the same like some same batch of like manufacturing so I, I was like okay so they gave me the replacement watch went home went on my way one month later i realized this exact same problem happened the lcd screen started to fade 
So I'm like, what? what is happening? Why did it fade again? This is a replacement watch and the exact same problem happened. Is this going to be a problem for all of the hybrid HR lineups? So I didn't really want to um, go down to, to the service center and go and get a new replacement watch and have the same thing happen again. Like have to even have the risk of the same thing happen again, happening again. So I decided, okay, I'm going to call them and I tell them, hey, I have done this before. I have given you my watch and you've given me a replacement and now the exact same problem has occurred. And at first they are like, okay, I think uh, we have to see first, but most probably the best that we can do is to give you a replacement watch. Uh, so I was like, can you just give me a refund? Is it possible? Are you able to, uh, like, I don't know, talk to someone to see whether you can give me a refund because I don't want to go back to the service center for the exact same problem for three times what's the point at that point i'm just wasting my own time i'm wasting their time as well wasting the other customers who can have that time slot to diagnose their watch so i basically just told them that lah. i said hey can you go and find out uh if you are able to do something about it if you're able to give me a refund they say okay you just bring everything you bring the box and stuff and then we will uh try our best to to give you a refund and just submit it for approval so I gave them my watch, submitted, they submitted it for approval one week later, they said that, okay, it is approved, you can get a refund, and yeah, now I don't have to watch anymore. So the watch that I thought it was so good, that was like my dream watch that had all the features that I needed, it turned out to be shit because of that one problem, one fault, that I don't know whether it's, a, it's like going to happen in all of the, the, the watches. So... If they manage to fix it with like a new generation or something, maybe I'll buy it. But as of right now, I'm not going to buy it again. I'm going to use that money for other stuff. So we'll see. Maybe I'll just save it lah. But uh, yeah, that's. I think that's probably it for the random topics section. Let's now move on to the final section, the big question segment. So I actually have one... Not really, it's not really a question, but I guess I can try to phrase it as a question. But I've already researched a little bit on this. I've learned a little bit of what um, the topic is about. So basically the question is, how much of emotional manipulation does it take till a relationship becomes toxic? Okay, so I'd be at how much does it take for emotional manipulation for it to become for it to make a relationship toxic so let's just take a look at like what emotional manipulation is uh according to webmd emotional manipulation occurs when a manipulative person seeks power over someone else and employs dishonest or exploitative strategies to gain it so the reason I got to know about this um term is I watched or I saw like a a, a compiled Reddit post. So like there's this I there's a lot of uh, IG pages that compile a list of um Reddit posts from a a question. So uh, like just basically answers to the question lah, and I think someone talked about 
uh, how the 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 significant other always says, uh, if you oh it's like a uh, no no it's like a, a quote like what's the quote that you think is the most dumb uh, it's the dumbest, so the quote basically says, if you can't handle me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best, and basically they just call it emotional manipulation lah, and I thought to myself. Okay, so that is called manipu- emotional manipulation. So I learned something new, but I kind of thought like, hmm, is it is it good for a relationship? Like, can it be good for a relationship? Because a lot, a lot of like this is this word is very like condescending. Like, it's emotional manipulation. Like manipulation is just a very bad word, right? And I just thought to myself, like the society kind of accepts. In this type of emotional manipulation already, and a lot of like, not really trying to hate on people, but a lot of feminist groups use it as a, a kind of tool to say, oh, you know, guys suck, men are bad, because uh, they leave you when you are like not trying to fix your life, and then that's how they encourage themselves and like keep promoting this behavior lah. That you know, um, you can continue to be your worst, and maybe. You will be so good, and then you make people jealous that they are not with you or some shit. So, basically, that's what I think emotional manipulation is about, and I feel like to a certain degree, emotional manipulation might be good. Like, like not 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 the the idea of trying to gain power or some shit, but that type of thinking that you know, if you if you don't stick with someone when they are struggling. Like you don't really deserve that person when they're not struggling, like that kind of ideal. I feel like it makes sense. It makes sense, but um, having personally experienced that before, I feel that uh, as 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 much as from what I've experienced at least, I don't really think that it's going to be like. I don't really think that it's manipulation in a sense because. It is true, if you just abandon someone when they are struggling, you know, and how do you expect someone to? How do you? Why? Why would you like let someone enjoy you when you're not really enjoy? That sounds so bad. But why would you um want to be with that person and let that person like see how good of a person you are and stuff like that? So, I'm just thinking like, is it is it at all good for a relationship and? How much of it is like the threshold to make a relationship bad? So I would say that at at the most basic level, the idea, the idea, not the whole concept, but the idea of emotional manipulation, it can kind of help, like I know relationships to work or try to figure out something out, to figure something out, and I feel that. If you're not able to figure something out, and you you don't want to stick with someone, because they are like, in a really bad position right now, and it's just not working out. You just don't think that the person's right for you. I feel like, if you really don't think that it's it's gonna work, then it's not gonna work lah. I don't think that it's like very bad to to say hey. It's not gonna work, maybe. Maybe let's not do this. Instead of like, and then and then having that the other person to say like, oh, so you just don't want me when I'm like that. 
then next time when I'm even better or like I'm a better person and you don't deserve me like I feel like that can help people stick together and try to solve their problems together but when it comes to a point where that that kind of idea becomes I want you to do this for me because if you don't do this for me now next time when I'm better or next time like basically it's just trying to threaten you using like what you what you believe what you think that you believe basically like you think that you like this person and you want to do you want to be with this person but that person but you don't want to do certain things for the person and the person threatens you with this when it becomes like a threat to to end the relationship or something then i think that that becomes very very bad like very 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 toxic and when that happens i think it's actually better for the person receiving that quote to just leave the relationship because that other person is probably just a bit crazy because if that's what they think love is about like being with someone when they are at the lowest point in their life when like when you see things you see things that other people don't see and you see things that you know maybe that person also doesn't see lah and i feel like it's not wrong to leave someone when they themselves can't handle their own person so i do think that it's a bit it get when it gets to the point where it becomes like you're just threatening you're just using that code to threaten the relationship rather than trying to fix it or trying to help it then that's it lor then that's when the relationship becomes toxic lah but that's just my two cents on it I'm I mean feel free to talk to me about this or like just have a discussion you know not outright slap me and say you're wrong but yeah I'm willing to have a discussion about it but that's what I feel and you know I won't say I'm a victim of it or what but I feel like I understand that perspective and I also very much understand why it's kind of dumb So that is it for the podcast. I hope that you have enjoyed. This is also a pretty long one. Again, same as last week. I didn't really edit this much, but I basically only put in like the the two audio clips that you heard from the two um different experiences for um basically just just my entire like journey lah like, from the first stage of registering to going to uh the basic theory test and what's in the future i guess so hopefully you have enjoyed that and yeah i think we're done for today so i guess i hope i'll see you guys next week bye